What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode four of the XL Podcast. I am your host, Jay Free, and this is my co-host, Slash, and my other co-host, Hyro. Yeah. Today, we have a very special guest. He has done everything in the community. He's a great role model for younger players and just esports players in general. His name is Clem. What's up, guys? <laughs> okay. What's up? We got a... We got a bunch of questions for you, Clem, but just to start off, what is your name? Where's your name from? And where are you from? Uh, my name is Bailey Clemenson. You can call me Clem or Bailey a lot. Most of everybody in the gaming community knows me as Clem. I am from Bloomington, Illinois, which is smack dab in the middle of the state. Is that, was there another part to that? I feel like I'm missing a part. And I'm, I'm 20 years old. There nice. We well, so I'm assuming your name is just based off your last name. Like Clem is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Um, so first thing I did read some articles about you and I kind of know where you started gaming and sort of how, I guess, I think, but like, how did you get into the gaming scene? Like, when did you start gaming and what kind of brought you there? Yeah. So I feel like I, what originally got me into gaming was a lot of the same as probably most of the, the players our age or my age out there is back, you know, 2010, 2011, Call of Duty's popping, everybody's talking about it at school. And so Christmas rolls around 2010, I get a PS3. So I'm, I'm probably, at that point, I was very much a casual player. I just kind of play, I was 10 years old, just playing for fun. And it was funny because I think they asked me this in the Strokes interview too, is I did not buy a game. Like I did not own a game besides Call of Duty from 2010 till 2016 when Infinite Warfare came out. Oh I, people people think that's, that's exaggerative. Like if you, I have every single Call of Duty they've ever made for PS3. And it was, so I, I pretty much just no life Call of Duty, not even no life in the sense of played it all the time, but a very casual Call of Duty, Call of Duty player until 2013 when that's when you, if you read uh, a lot of the articles on me, they talk about this, that's when I had cancer. So. I up to that point I was very dead set on playing Division One baseball. All of my all of my friends today are out playing Division One baseball. I think I'm the only person on my like my summer team growing up that's not playing baseball in wow. either the, the Division Two or the Division One level. Um, a lot of my buddies just got recruited right out of college or right out of high school, and so in that little spurt that I had cancer, I couldn't play. I was basically bench ridden for eight weeks and the only thing i remember because i never was allowed to have like a concert or anything in my room i don't know why my i think a lot of parents do that but uh my parents didn't allow me to have my console in my room but when i had cancer they let me move it upstairs and i just remember this is like a huge deal <laughs> yeah. and i don't know if that singular event was kind of what spiraled into where i am today but i definitely think it was the driving factor because after that that happened my sixth grade year and i would say by my freshman sophomore year of high school i was pretty much not interested in playing baseball in college anymore i wasn't interested in playing video games like full-time or anything um but my passion definitely subsided a lot from baseball more into playing competitively and like the, when black ops 2 black ops 2 is really what got me into competitive gaming and black ops 3 really solidified that okay that's a great answer wow yeah so, no, so like you weren't after like you got it kind of like switch your focus off baseball. You weren't really destined or like you didn't have your mindset on being a pro gamer yet or just being. No, I wasn't too informed about it, to be completely honest. The only reason one of the biggest re reasons I got into like the pro and the, the competitive scene 
is because of Black Ops 3 is I started streaming that game off of my PS4. I don't know if you guys remember, but there's this, if you guys had a PS4, there was, they had a PS4 camera that no, nobody had them, but you could literally <laughs> stream off your PS4 with a PS4 camera. And it was, it was like up there blocking your mini map while you're playing. <laughs> yeah. So it's on your physical TV yeah. up there in the top left. And I, I started streaming like that, like that and really had a lot of success streaming Black Ops 3 Search and Destroy, well, in comparison to now, not like success, but I got like 300 followers on Twitch off of streaming off my PS4, which wasn't too bad at the time, but uh -huh. that definitely made me want to build a PC. Um, and I started watching kind of from the Call of Duty scene, I started watching CSGO, and that was on PC, and I was, I was you know, interested in branching out, especially after Advanced Warfare came out. So built to PC, played CS. I was a decent CS player, and uh, that was kind of the first game outside of Black Ops 3 that I could definitely have seen myself trying to go pro in. I was never good enough, and I don't think I could ever be good enough to go pro in CS, mm -hmm. but I absolutely love that game. And then it's actually, I, I feel like there's such a small world because the kid that I got recruited to play Fortnite in college with, my duo, was the person that introduced me to Fortnite in the very beginning before anybody else <laughs> uh, we were playing CSGO together and got introduced to Fortnite and there's a lot of just blanket space in there that I don't really remember nothing really significant happened until I got in touch with Merkin um, through who was eventually over time shadow I don't know if you guys know who that is he literally fell no, off I the don't. face of the earth <laughs> um if you, he still has his twitter as if he's on to overtime but yeah he literally fell off the face of the earth like i'd say a year ago now i've haven't talked to him since but he was in that merkin rc that was back when they had like phase or they had uh which led to be phase benny they had the static from west oh, they the had old times uh yeah they had a pretty good roster and they had no idea what a content creator was <laughs> and so i was like hey like i stream can i come on as a content creator and that was back when ride was basically managing the whole organization he's like well i don't really know what that is but yeah <laughs> and then they wanted to run another rc after that and i was some you know 17 year old kid 18 year old kid in high school and i was like well here like i'll type out your documents and it literally led from me joining Merkin as a content creator to now i'm kind of social media managing for them typing up all of their like official statements and stuff and huh. ran that whole RC and you got to that time. That was kind of like my first networking ability and even the Fortnite scene. And it just piled and piled on from there. Nice. Um, so I do want to like backtrack. I want to talk more about the college and stuff, but I want to backtrack a little bit and like about just talk about like how you um, got cancer and how you found out you had cancer in the first place. Because the uh, article I read, the Stropes, what is it? Stropes, I think, something like that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, that was very interesting when I was reading that. So if you want to just to try kind of yeah. walk us through that. Yeah. So this is this is kind of a funny story. And looking back, it's definitely something I would do. I was a very devious child. Um, <laughs> I did not follow the rules. In fact, I kind of adapted a nickname as a kid, Bailey Bobs from the Treetops, because I had this weird habit of when I like got in trouble, I was really fast. And so I'd run away from my parents and climb trees, and they could never get me down. <laughs> so we had this tree in our backyard that they actually trimmed because, like, they couldn't get me down. I'd just sit up there for an hour and a half. Like, I got <laughs> a, a devious little kid. Um, and so we're in Walmart one day, and there's, there's, I don't remember if you guys have them around you, but back in the old days, called the old days, like 10 years ago, they used to have haircutting places in Walmart. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and so my mom's checking out and we literally are going home to load up to drive eight hours to my great grandparents' house. I haven't seen her in probably five, six years at the time. And I go in there, I'm like, I'm gonna get a mohawk, dude. Like, this is awesome. Um, I mean, I was sixth grade. I was 11, 12 years old. And I go in there and I get this dirty, raggedy looking mohawk. And I come out and I was like, all right, mom, I got my hair cut. And she literally like, you when she gasped, probably whole Walmart could hear. She, oh, I think she, I thought she was about to scream. That's she was funny. so mad at me. She's like, go get that shaved off. So I go and they buzz my head. Well, over the course of that weekend, I'm just, you know, outside and obviously I have a buzzed head so you can see all the skin on my head. And there's just like really weird looking spot. It definitely, it's nothing that you would normally see on a body. And so she's like, that was kind of weird. And I, I had an, I had an identical spot on my butt when I was little that they had taken off and I was like six years old. Mm -hmm. Um, but for some reason they didn't take the one on my head off. She said they were literally identical. And I go to the dermatologist they take it off, they send it, it comes back, stage one melanoma, which is very, very lucky if you know anything about melanoma, because melanoma is historically like a very, very deadly type of cancer. It's one, I think it's the only skin cancer that's actually like travels inside of your body and will get into your brain and organs and stuff. And most of the people with like stage three or stage melanoma end up dying from it. It's a very, very deadly wow. cancer. So I got very, very lucky. Um, but yeah, they caught it super early. Uh, I ended up having my surgery up at Northwestern in Chicago. It was a single surgery. They took, a, I think it was a centimeter margin around my head. It's like right here on my head. I have a scar. I don't know. You probably can't see it, but yeah, I, they took out oh, a yeah. centimeter. Oh, there it is. You can see oh, it yeah. a little bit through my hair, yeah. uh, yeah. but it's, it's pretty long. A lot of it's, a lot of it's healed up, but they took a centimeter margin around it and then depth wise one surgery and then took a lymph node out of my neck. And all of that came back clear. There was no, there was no melanoma in the margin, and so I was good to go after that. Okay. And so it's actually turned yeah. into a very, very good situation. As much as you know, having cancer, as much good can come out of having cancer because ever because I did that at Northwestern, I go, I, I for like three years after the fact, I had to go in for like a full body scan every three months because I'm at the time there was like twenty cases of melanoma in the entire country at my age level you're not most people they get melanoma and they're like 60s and 70s yeah. you're not supposed to get it in, yeah. in an adolescent so i started going up there met a lot of super cool doctors and my current dermatologist named dr garami he's the same dermatologist that is for the chicago cubs and so that's super cool and he, i actually get to do an internship with them i'm going to take a gap year in between my undergrad and medical school and being pre-med it's opened up so many more doors just having that past experience and being around dermatology all my life because that's what i want to go into mm -hmm. um sweet. not to mention i got that's invited sweet. down to st jude in memphis my like sophomore year high school and got to go to like a cool big seminar down there go to bass pro but yeah it's opened up a lot of doors that definitely would never have been opened for me if it wasn't for that past experience. So obviously it was super unfortunate that it happened, but that's one of the reasons that I like to talk about it is because at the end of the day, even something that seems very, very, very terrible at the time, like I remember sitting in my room crying for days and days about it. Like I thought I was going to die. I was, you know, 11, 12 mm -hmm. years old mm -hmm. to 10 years down the road thinking, wow, like, I'm I'm not thankful I got it, but I'm thankful about the experiences and the networking yeah. ability that it, yeah. it gave me later down in life. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're glad you're okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Likewise. That's, that's crazy. Likewise. You know? Good that you're here. All right. Um, so I, I don't think I'm 
I didn't know. Never mind. I'm definitely wrong. So um, about uh, going, you like going into college and stuff. And I know in the article I read, you had like not so great of a high school life or I don't know about high school life, but you didn't really like yeah. high school. Yeah. So I'm very, I'd like to preface this by saying I love school. I think school is super important. Right now, being in college, I absolutely love school. I like taking all the classes that I take. With that being said, I think I've taken 16 college classes and one, I think one of those, they all, I've taken every single class being a science class, sociology, psychology, chemistry, biology, something along those lines, except for one accounting class. And it was the worst experience of my life. I can't stand accounting. Never take an accounting class. <laughs> if you take anything away from this podcast, do not take an accounting class. <laughs> you will. Oh, it's so bad. Um, but yeah, I didn't like the high school environment at all. And which is kind of hypocritical of me to say, because I did really well in high school. I had a 4.0 or like a 3.97. I think I got one B through my junior year. So all the college I was applying to, I was applying to with like a 3.97. So you did have good uh, grades. I didn't, know, I didn't yeah. know if you were like, just like yeah. not yeah. trying. No, I, I had really good grades. I've always been one of those people that if I, I apply myself in school, I do really well. And if I don't apply myself, I do just average like any other yeah. kid that plays video games a lot. And like, <laughs> yeah. admittedly, I slacked off my senior year. Like I knew that I was getting recruited to play Fortnite college. I didn't really care about my GPA anymore. And I think I finished high school with like a three seven, because I got I ended up getting a C or two my senior year, which, which is still really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's, it just looks bad when you're looking at my first three years compared to my yeah. last year. Definitely until I got some senioritis. But the biggest reason I don't didn't like high school is I felt like there was too much social pressure and niches involved, uh, and I don't 100%. feel like I, about I don't feel like high schools in America across the board are healthy environments for kids because not only do they have you taking a lot of classes that'll never benefit you and you'll never never use uh, that just makes you not even pay attention in general but my high school i went to a lab high school so my high school has 600 kids in it 150 kids in each class hand selected social class specifications are met ethnicity race religion there's a bunch of different specifications that they try and clump into these 150 students per class wow. which leads to which it seems really good in terms of extremely diverse which is obviously good diverse diversity is never bad the issue with that is is niches form and if you don't fit in one of those niches you're an outlier and if you do fit into one of those niches any sort of negative energy that goes on in that niche kind of just throws off your whole flow you don't really have a you don't really have any outsourced energy to go anywhere um and i went in there playing four sports i played basketball wrestling football and baseball and so i i was one of those people i had no problems finding a niche it was just more along the lines of when i really got into video games it was kind of a love-hate relationship because all my best friends and all of you know all of the kids at school thought it was super cool i don't think if anybody goes you know i play video games and make money nobody's gonna be like oh ew, nerd nerd yeah, right? nerd yeah um but I definitely felt like it caused a lot of tension in between me um, and uh, my entire surroundings, I guess, because there wasn't a lot of, you know, like I, I didn't want to feel pressured to go to basketball games. But then, you know, like all my all my friends would go to basketball games, so I would go. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I didn't enjoy going to the basketball games and I didn't play basketball in high school. I ended up just wrestling full time because they they overlap seasons. But I felt like once I kind of gravitated outside of my like sports niche, I was kind of left as an outlier. And that was intentional. Like I did that to myself. I have no mm -hmm. issue with that. 
but I just could see I could see other people in high school and I don't know I just I didn't I don't think high school in general is a healthy environment in, in America I think that you need to have you need to give high schoolers more say and I think you need to teach high schoolers different skills than what you're teaching them right now yeah um like I had I didn't do my taxes this year I'm doing my taxes actually tomorrow never done taxes in my life I'm 20 years old I have zero clarity to taxes no yeah like that's an issue um the curriculum's my, terrible there was girls in my high school that that didn't know how to pump gas like that's a problem <laughs> um, but yet they're required to take creative writing to learn how to write poetry like yeah, right. i just think that's so counterproductive like if we're going to make high school mandatory in a country which obviously is getting a lot more political than i want it to be but if you're gonna have <laughs> high school be mandatory in a country you need to teach them stuff that is going to be valuable to them after the fact regardless of what they do and i don't think that high school did that so when I talk about high school not being an enjoyable experience to me, it's partially, yeah, I didn't love high school, but I only, I didn't like high school because I felt like it limited me. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I didn't feel like I could take the classes I wanted to take. I couldn't learn what I wanted to learn. I couldn't interact with who I wanted to interact with. You couldn't really blend in at my school, which, you know, some people love that. Some people hated it. I just didn't really care for it. But yeah, that's, that's kind of my opinion on my high school situation yeah i agree with that i feel like i wasn't i mean i'm about to graduate but i feel like i wasn't the most productive in my uh so i was in uh new jersey for my first two years of high school and that was like so i i was in like a really like studious school and it was a pretty good school and i was terrible like i i got it was a straight c student then i moved to florida and then i'm like okay i'm gonna start applying myself and i start doing like a lot better and i was like thinking about like the way it works, like in Florida, at least, like the school curriculum is just way worse. And that's just like how it's been. It's how it will be. Hope, hope, well, hopefully not. But like, it was just terrible. Like I would like go to school and I would do like literally nothing, get straight A's. And then I'm in New Jersey and I'm doing all this work that I'm not learning anything from. I'm just doing it to do it. I don't know. I'll still get C's, but like still, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's I tough. hated high school until I started high switching out. So I did online. Right now. It's like, especially with like the virtual aspect right now. Like, oh yeah, I wake 100%. up. My my class starts at eight thirty. I wake up at eight twenty five every day. Yeah, it's yeah. like, I don't know. I feel like so unproductive now, and it feel like it's a big waste of time. Like, I'd rather be applying myself to something else. Like in my classes, I enjoy. There's like out of my seven classes, I enjoy like three of them. The other four, I just have terrible grades because I just hate doing the work. And then, uh, I mean, let's be real. Like, you'd be school. playing games yeah. if you weren't like. Of course, to I'd do be, high school. Like, if I didn't have to do my work and I just had to worry about testing, or if I had to just apply myself to a certain area, I'd be playing this game and streaming every day. Yeah, I, I think I'd be in a terrible spot if I didn't go to school. I feel like I would just like throw my life away on the game. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and that's why I think school is important. That's what that I think that's one of the biggest reasons that I disagree with the high school system is because. Mm -hmm. I knew uh, the only two things I've ever been interested in are, is medicine and like outdoorsy stuff. Like I hunt fish, catch frogs. Like at one point I had like 60 frogs. I had an aqua terrarium in my, oh my room. God. <laughs> yeah. I, so I got lucky. I was like, perfect. I go biology pre-med. Pre-med doesn't work out. I'll go into biology because that's uh, like my other niche. If I was somebody, if I wasn't going pre-med or pre-law or trying to do something engineering, go to community, go to community college. Not only will you save yourself money, but you'll actually get to figure out what you like. And that's the biggest issue with high school is you can't figure out. I mean, you can figure out what you like, obviously. Mm -hmm. But you because you don't really have much choice based off of the graduation requirements of what you take, 
there could be an aspect of, you know, there could be one class that you really, really like and seven others that you don't. And that one class that you really, really like could be, you know, advanced chemistry. And all of a sudden you're making $300,000 a year as one of the best chemists in the United States. Yeah. And you're failing all the other creative writing and art yeah. classes you're <laughs> forced to take. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm a very, I'm kind of thankful for the online, for the online school, not only because did I like it? Like, I, I think online school is fun just because, like you said, waking up at 825 is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I think it really helped esports a lot. And I think it, it grew the argument for esports. I don't know. You guys probably know I work 100%. very closely with um, Cope. Um, and I'm going to start working with this company called Learn to Esports, I believe it's called. It hosts camps all around the country. So my goal is to kind of be that direct connection with balance in between the parents' side, like the parenting generation the the schooling organizations like uh collegiate star league play vs stuff like that nasif and professional esports because when you even when you're talking to like shay mom and even when i'm talking about my parents and my little brothers he's not super into video games but when he's stuck inside for three months during quarantine with no social interaction outside of when he gets on his PS4 and he's playing Minecraft with his buddies or he's playing Fortnite with his buddies, mm -hmm. like kids would go crazy. I, could you imagine being 10, 11 years old during a pandemic? That much time. It's... Like, oh my yeah. God. I would... You have nothing to do. Iroh yeah. would lose it because he's got yeah, ADHD. Iroh can't sit still for more than 10 <laughs> seconds. Bro, when it first hit, so I was trying to get into Fortnite competitive, like, during like do f and test one was that like a year ago right something like that yeah, mm -hmm. a little bit over i think and yeah so i was trying to get back and we got into quarantine like shortly shortly after that and because of that i was able to like, like grind the game and actually get like decent i feel like it helped yeah. me a lot but like if i didn't have gaming to go to i would be so bored like i would literally sit in my room and like throw a ball at the wall or something <laughs> oh my god i would Bro. play wall with myself oh my god i would like study just because i'm bored like uh, i don't know I don't think I could ever do that. That's know. what I did in like seventh and eighth grade before I started like playing games and shit. I don't know. I, my mom always used to say like, "Oh, your boys read a book." I, I would never read a book. Yeah, that's the worst. That was the worst. I couldn't. I I just think it's funny. I don't think that's it, kind of the other thing with the pandemic is, for the longest time, even I don't know about you guys, when I asked my parents, you know, when you're playing video games, like they don't think of that as like social interaction. Yeah. No. Like when I get on, like I'm turning on my PC, calling one of my buddies on Discord and going and dicking around, doing whatever on Fortnite, Valorant, Minecraft, you know, Call of Duty, whatever. Like obviously people's skills is important, but it's still it's still social interaction, especially during a time in a pandemic where, you know, hop into call with your buddies, flip on your webcams and actually have, you know, conversations about stuff and hang out with people. Yeah. Um, you know, some like of them, I have right a here. couple of really good yeah. yeah. You know, you guys are all probably pretty good friends, and mm -hmm. you guys might not have even met in real life yet. Met in yeah, person. Yeah, um, some of my best friends online, some of the best friends that I have today, I still haven't met a person that hopefully once the pandemic lessens, I can go do that. But yeah, yeah. The one thing I do think though is with this whole like quarantine and online school, like you can't like these kids that like you were saying like getting them into gaming and stuff. Like I have a good friend. He's actually you actually just picked them up to balance check. Um, oh yeah, dude. I stream during the day, like, and he—I don't know—he likes watching my streams, I guess. But I'll stream during the day, and like, he'll be in the middle of class, and it just four hours. He's watching my stream, doesn't do any work. And I'm like, like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, he just doesn't do anything. He's just watching me, bro. It's so funny. 
I mean, I don't know. I like the support, so whatever. But he's got to do schoolwork. But yeah, there's a lot of kids yeah. that, like, that are like that, just unproductive with this whole online school and stuff. People always think that's funny. Um, even like, uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but screw it. I was not under NDA or anything. But when school started this fall, I was our, I was signed to Vanish. And I was, uh, I wanted to keep pursuing Valorant, but because I was on scholarship to play Fortnite, and based off of how our first year went, kind of a bunch of letdowns with the pandemic, um, some tournaments that we got screwed over by tournament organizers, stuff like that, I was like, well, I'm going to give Fortnite another go if I'm coming back to Collegiate and stuff. And there was some internal stuff that went on IWU. Me and the director kind of had some beef about stuff. Um, which I don't really beef with anybody. It was more just a difference of opinion, but he's the boss and I'm the of player. Finish, so. Or of yeah. the college? Of, no, of my college that I was at, oh, okay. uh, Illinois Wesleyan. Um, and so, yeah, I basically kind of gave up on a contract from E11. E11 was trying to get it, uh, or 11 gaming, I should say. Yeah. I call it E11 for whatever reason. But um, they were getting a Valorant team together, and I got offered a trial spot on there, and I, I gave it up. And then that was kind of I, that was kind of the end of my competitive career, if I'm being completely honest, because that was in that was in August, and then I started I couldn't stand Fortnite. I tried to come back. I played a tournament. We got second behind Bay State, who has Connor Rio and Parallel Gage, and they were playing oh, with some yeah. other pro. And next year they have like Crims coming there. There's some shady stuff. I'll say it right here on the podcast. There's some shady stuff going over there at Bay State. I'm gonna figure out what it is. They're buying players or something. Because <laughs> oh, shit. I don't know how you manage to get Connor Rio, Parallel Gage, Crims, and there's like two other pro players that I know of going to that school. Just some, games, ran- like some random school. That's what I thought. They got Connor Rio over there. They got Connor Rio over there in grad school. Yeah, they got him over there in grad school. He's doing paper classes. He was in Vegas like the past <laughs> three days of gambling. It's like an Alabama football scandal at Bay State with Fortnite. They just got taking paper classes. I don't even know. Nah, serious. There's some sketchy stuff going on there. But yeah. So we come back and I remember we it was it was in the it was in the semifinals. It was literally in the semifinals. We played six games. Me and my trio got second place in every single lobby. Like we back to back to back to back to back second places with Connor Rio and Cage on Hyatt with Caddy Loot. And I was like, I, I just can't do this. Like my mental yeah, can't no. handle this. I know that makes everybody, bro. It, it was so, so frustrating for two reasons. Not only because of that. And it was for the second reason was why me and my director had beef because I because I had played basically professional Valorant all summer and I was coming back to Fortnite. Do you guys know who Instinct is, the West player who's playing on East? Um, I do know who that is. I think you might. I would be. He's he's not super well known, but he's like a a pretty renowned player. I would say. Um, he came to Iowa to play. We were gonna duo, but ended up to be trios. And so instead of giving us, it was he was probably he was better than me at the time, 100. percent But I was still pretty. I was probably second in line because I had grinded the game like two weeks up to it. So him and I had really good chem. But instead of giving us like the third best player on the six man roster, they're giving us the sixth best player because the other three players had played together all summer, which uh-huh. was it seemed it seemed like a logical thing to do as it from a director point of view. But what he didn't yeah. understand is the other trio had zero chance of winning. Versus you give us one of three, four, three, four, or five instead of six, and we actually have a chance to beat Connor Rio. 
with yeah, Kenny. Yeah. If we're getting second every game. And so, like, that was just kind of our falling out is because I was getting frustrated because nobody wants to just get second every single session. <laughs> and they yeah. and he was getting frustrated because I basically was like, dude, like, you got to help me out. Mm-hmm. And it just it, did, it just didn't turn out well. Um, and I ended up leaving the university. I withdrew at the semester. Um, and then I ended up taking just a couple community classes this semester. And I move here May 1st. I'm moving to Iowa City. I'm going to go to the University of Iowa. Hopefully nice. do something esports related there. Wink, wink. And um, and hopefully go to medical school there. That's kind of the ultimate goal is go there, do my thing with Balance. Balance is registered as an LLC in Iowa City nice. as of today. Let's actually, go. so that's super Congrats, cool. Congrats, man. Um, and then yeah, ideally go to medical school there, which they accept like fifty people a year, with like four thousand applicants. So it would be tough to get in there, yeah. but hopefully we can we can rack up the gpa a little bit get a good mcat score and waltz our way in the door if we're lucky yeah that's, that's one thing i want to ask was if you were still at that school for Fortnite, which just said you're not so um yeah no so you want you're going to iowa state correct i you know university of university iowa. of iowa i don't even know what the schools are sorry um so yeah <laughs> university of iowa and so about this whole medical medical thing have you ever like been to like is i don't even know how this stuff works like is there pre-med school or something like what is so just pre-med at? is like an umbrella term so pretty much to get into med school there's two things that they take well there's a lot of things they consider consideration but the two biggest ones are your mcat score which your mcat is like your medical board exam so compare it to like an act or an sat to get into college or like the or like uh i don't even remember what it's called for getting into law school but it's it's that similar bar it's exam. same thing with med- yeah i think i think you're right the bar yeah, exam that's what it is. um yeah so you basically pre-med is just kind of an umbrella term for saying you know you're taking the classes to prepare you for the mcat so you can hopefully get into medical school realistically you could literally be pre-med and be any major like you could be an english major and be technically pre-med you just be getting an english degree on top of it um but i'm gonna try i'm gonna be going into the biomedical science program in iowa which is basically a pre-med school um it's a degree that you're getting to where you're taking every single course you take is to prepare you for the mcat versus a degree like biology or chemistry you're still taking all the required courses but you're not focused on becoming you know a doctor so to speak mm-hmm. got it. um on paper i should say so uh, but yeah that's the goal med-, med school is super hard to get into that's part of the problem like yeah. you not only do you have to be really smart but you have to have a ton of volunteer hours you have to have a, like a good mcat like i said mm-hmm. you have to have a good gpa there's just so many check marks you have to try and fill yeah so really qualified for that so is is um going into like medicine and stuff like that's like the end goal for you or like what do you think because i'm the way i'm taking it is like this whole gaming thing and like balance and stuff is it kind of like just a side hustle see where it goes type of thing yeah so i'm a big i'm a big believer in backup plans right so i've known i've wanted to go to medicine firm uh, since my cancer thing in 2013 um i was been around dermatology i've been around medicine my entire life very frequently and it's something that not only do i find super interesting but it's kind of that giving back factor like you know this group of people saved my life i kind of want to go into the same thing and have that impact on other people um i've always said that i would uh, gaming is by far my biggest passion but i think that it's appropriate at this point to that i don't think at this point in my life i career uh, i could have a career in gaming I think I have a really good baseline right now, and I think balance is in an amazing spot. 
then if I have it in my way, I would not go to medical school and I'd do balance and do stuff full time. Basically, be like oh, okay. Nate Shot. Like that, yeah. Nate Shot would be like yeah. the preferred end goal. <clears throat> but I would be just as satisfied or just as happy with going and being a doctor because I think at the end of the day, that's going to help me with what I do at balance, anyways. That's how mm -hmm. balance, balance would not have been created if it wasn't for the education that I was getting. Yeah. Um, and so because I apply all the stuff that I learned in school into what I do with balance, anyways, it's, it's kind of, killing two birds with one stone um and the thing is at the end of the day i'm gonna get my undergrad degree no matter what if balance is really popping i'm you know take a two or three year gap year and then go to you know there's no rush to get into yep. med school after you have your undergrad there's no rush to go to that um but yeah no it's i wouldn't necessarily call it a high side hustle just because it's a huge focus of mine i spend hours and hours and hours on it every week um but with that being said i think you know statistically speaking it doesn't work out um, and I'm very like based like esports is not an easy profession to make, you know, the longevity of esports. I say it all the time. The longevity of esports is not clear. You know, realistically, yeah. this this scene has been around for, you know, 10 years, maybe if you even consider, you know, 20, the early 2010s um, mm -hmm. prime esports territory. And so it'd be I think it would be pretty naive to go into esports with the idea that you can make a lifelong career. It's not it has to be one of those things that. If you're going to put all your time and effort into, that's 100% okay, and I, you should 100% do that, but you should always have a backup plan. 100%. Because um, I think the, one of the biggest reasons I disagree with people dropping out of school and doing online school, um, you know, it works for some people, but at the end of the day, you need not only do you need the social skills that you learn from going to school in person um, and going to high school and stuff, but I feel like it puts you in a bad spot when you're dropping out of school at 14 through 16. Yeah. Because um, yeah. you, don't, you don't know what you want to do at those ages yeah, yeah know, that's, that's just like... my opinion on it um slash you wanted to ask anything or no uh, i was just gonna say i feel like that like kind of ruins your work ethic like just not going to school for those few years yeah yeah 100 percent. um so the i just want to go off a little bit um the one thing that like kind of brought me to like your attention or not no other I don't even know what I'm saying, but like the way I found out about you was your cognitive mechanic article, like yeah. back uh, back in the old. I don't even know. That was like over a year and a half ago, probably, right? Yeah, it was like 20 winter, fall 2019. Yeah, I'd be a little over a year and a half, ago. Uh, probably right around a year and a half ago. Yeah, I remember seeing that and I was like, holy shit! Like this guy is smart. I was like, I was like really interested in like everything you were doing, and you weren't you weren't that big at the time. I think you had probably like under a thousand followers, um, something yeah, like that. Yeah, but. I think you're right. I don't think I was very big at the time. Yeah, so it's funny. I was expecting Strokes to ask me about that, but obviously you guys are more, you know, close to me. They're just, you know, magazine. But yeah, so the Cognitive Mechanics article, that actually helped me get a ton of traction. And it, it kind of spiraled into um, my coaching career, which I still do every now and again. Um, I still feel like I have good knowledge in the sense of because I'm not in super in-depth as a player now, I have almost a different POV with the same fundamental, you know, things that I looked for back when I was very in tune with the meta and everything. Um, but yeah, the cognitive mechanics article came one morning, you know, I wake up, first of all, my freshman year of college, can you imagine waking up every single day at seven o'clock in the morning to take chemistry and, and right after biology it was terrible. I hate chemistry terrible. and that stuff. So I, yeah. I like chemistry. It's so bad. No, it was, so bad. It was only bad because it wasn't there really, but yeah, so I'm sitting in biology and we're learning about all the neural pathways and stuff like that. 
And then my next class is psychology and I'm going to psychology and it's talking about, you know, how memories are stored, um, you know, your short term memory, your maintenance rehearsal, all of the nerdy shit behind your brain. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going home and I always have like an hour and a half or two hour break. And on one of my days, this is probably like a Monday. I think it was a Monday. And I go back and I'm cranking. And I close my eyes. And I, I go and I do like three nineties or three perfect nineties, which I mean, it's pretty easy to do for all of us here. I mean, yeah. we played Fortnite for probably two and a half, three years now. We can do nineties with our eyes closed at this point. I always try that. <laughs> and I was like, that's kind of interesting, you know? Why is it that I can do nineties with my eyes closed, but then all of a sudden somebody pushes me in a game? And it's like I've never touched, I've never touched my keyboard and mouse control. I freak out and I'm all shaky and I don't know how to build. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I, was, I got to thinking, I was like, you know, nobody ever talks about, you know, the cognitive aspect of the game. Everybody wants to talk about, you know, muscle memory and why I can do 90s with my eyes closed. But yet I go into game, I can sit in creative for three hours and do tunnels flawlessly. But then I'm trying to game. tunnel late game and I almost forget how to tunnel. Falling off the tunnel. Oh, real real fast, what does cognitive <laughs> even mean? It's like so brain. Yeah, like wish... thought, pro oh, thought okay. process. Okay. So not, not for me, I, just for the people listening and watching, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, of, course. Sure. <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, so your thought process. So then I, I got to thinking, I was like, well, what if we separate these two things? Obviously, when people refer to mechanics, everybody thinks of building and shooting, right? Yeah. But there's this whole other aspect of mechanics that nobody really ever talks about. And that is, you know, your thought process in game, you know, what goes to your head, your process of elimination. When somebody shoots at you, yeah, this, this is the first question I ask people about this, is when you, when somebody shoots at you, what's the first thing you do? Yeah. Jump. You, you turn towards them and you build to oh, yeah, block yeah, their 100%. shot. Yeah. That, that's, that's a cognitive function that as you've done so many times now that it's it's second nature you never even think about that yeah versus an, a more advanced cognitive function would be when do i layer change late game yeah like you can't think of that off the top of your head like oh you know maybe when somebody is behind me you know what am i what specifically am i seeing in front of me that's making me layer change you know is it a sound cue is it a visual cue is it my teammate telling me you have you have all these layers the cognitive mm -hmm. mechanics that's so much more in-depth than just the physical mechanical aspect. Um, and it's teaching players and getting players, you know, this idea in their head of, you know, yeah, sure, you might, you can go sit and be face sway, you know, crank 90s, retakes, all that and creative. But at the end of the day, if you want to make money playing competitive Fortnite, you need to build the other side of your mechanics, your thought process and your processing ability. And, you know, I call it your chain of thought, meaning what what thoughts happen back to back to back that lead you to success. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, there's going to be a, a physical a, a physical mechanic limitation, whether that be a human based reaction time, a biological f factor or an actual physical factor like the game has you know building speed mm -hmm. uh ping input delay stuff like that stuff that's out of your control there's always going to be a ceiling to that there will never be a ceiling to how well somebody can cognitively process fortnite as a video game yeah and that's why you see the best players in the world players like zate yeah they don't have mongrel mechanics they don't have the best physical mechanics in the game but they by far have the best cognitive mechanics in the that game sounds like me that's way to put it that's crazy yeah, I don't know. I just I just want to talk about like the whole cognitive mechanic thing and like 
you said that definitely like branched you out into like people found out about you from that article. Yeah. That grow your brand that grew, grew your brand a lot, huh? Yeah. That's nice. I think right after that article was released, I I launched my first coaching program, which was like right right before the pandemic hit. I want to say it was February, January, February. Uh, but it was like a four week long program. I think I charged like forty dollars and had like ten players total. I capped it. And we met twice a week individually. I met individually with all the players twice a week. So it was like 20 meetings a week on top of classes. And I remember I'd always like sprint to the library after my classes and try getting get in as many consecutive meetings as I could just because I was so busy. Mm-hmm. And it was super cool and it was really beneficial. I had a variety of guys. And the first week we talked about sleep and then we talked about diet. And then the last two weeks were all game-based. And I would say over half of the players got better in the two we got better at fortnite in the first two weeks that had nothing to do with fortnite than they did actually like vod reviewing and stuff and the reason is is because i forced them to get seven to nine hours of sleep a night to even stay in the program and i wouldn't let them eat like fast food or any greasy food they had to eat like a high protein uh no low sugary meal an hour before they play and even like creative warriors are like holy cow like i just feel so much better i'm not you know i I don't feel sluggish and drowsy and stuff like that and i found really good results from it that's Um, wild and i think the only reason i even stopped doing that is because of valorant like i i started i got that urge to compete again um if i were to go back and do it again i probably would have tried to keep coaching um, inspiring that him to kind of like a Speedy Gonzalez type thing because I think he's got a good gig going. What happened um, to him? Wait, is he? Is he he's so off, man. Did he? I, yeah, I haven't I, heard I, of his name in the past I, year. That's like the first time I've heard his name in like six Since months. Solo probably. Yeah, yeah, maybe he isn't doing that anymore. I know he was like kind of cream of the crop a little it bit was, for a yeah, while. It was for like a few months um, at least. Man, I forgot about him. Oh my god. Yeah, wow. it's really nothing. He hasn't really tweeted since like January. Jeez. That guy actually coached me once. And it's, not, and it's nothing about, like, Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, so now I'm just I, – I coach on pro guys. I coach a couple private clients, and I just do that because I like to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot, of the, a lot of the main reasons, obviously, like, you know, you can go to somebody like FaZe Destiny or Speeding Gazales. You're probably going to be a better Fortnite coach than me. In fact, they'll probably be a lot better Fortnite coach than me. But I don't look at stuff that those guys look at. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why people people liked working with me and still like working with me a lot is because I start at the root of an issue. If you are, you know, if you're constantly getting out mechanics, then that's a big picture. That's a big picture thing. Mm-hmm. If you're, you know, if you're constantly, if every tournament you are doing bad because you're tired, well, nothing in Fortnite is going to help you be less tired. <laughs> it's all yeah. outside stuff. Well, apparently um, Red Bull does. Supposed yeah. to be all these Fortnite kids, Red Bull Monster, all oh drink energy drinks before God. everything. Has the great like that. That's like. <laughs> I was watching a BBG video. I will, like I will tell you, energy drink. This is literally energy drinks in a nutshell. And I was actually talking about somebody on the timeline like two days ago about this. Here's here's literally energy drinks for a nutshell. Anybody that's never tried energy drink and wants to try energy drinks, you, you you can quote me on this. Is Energy drinks is a stimulus, right? Caffeine is going to go into your brain. You're going to get in creative and you're going to be like, oh my God, I'm the best player in the world. All right. That's going to last for about a week. And then all of a sudden you're going to drink the same amount. You're going to drink that one monster and you're going to be like, you know, I'm feeling a little less cracked today. Let me drink another one. Then you're going to drink another one. You're going to be like, all right, now I, now I get cracked. And that's probably going to last about another week. So now you're building up this time. Now you're like, well, I'm not going to spend $300 every month on Red Bull. 
So instead, I'm just not going to drink it. And then the next morning, you wake up with a headache. Well, now you've got, now you're addicted to caffeine and you need some caffeine to go get your headache to go away. And now you're feeling groggy and now you feel less cracked that you needed caffeine. But in reality, if you would have just got eight hours of sleep and not ate like absolute dog shit the entire day, you probably would have been just as cracked without the caffeine. So um, I need to stop drinking coffee. <laughs> coffee, I think, I think coffee's good in increments. Coffee's good for your heart. There's a lot of benefits of coffee. It's more like the sugary caffeine drinks. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, like monster, the monsters, monsters, the Red Bull, stuff like that. Yeah, that stuff is awful for you. Like G Fuel um, stuff? Like that's... Yeah. Yeah, what's your opinion on that? I have kind of an interesting opinion on G Fuel, and I don't want to like burn any bridges in the future, but even... It's funny, I was talking <laughs> to my, our Parallax about this yesterday. I said, he was talking about hitting up Gamersups, or there's, a, there's another company that we're already in talks with, but we, had t we were in touch with Gamersups like very early on in balance. I said, no, not doing it. I said, I'd be hypocritical. I said, if, I, if I'm going to start a team that revolves around making my players the healthiest and being the most productive both in and out of game, yeah. the last thing I'm going to do is get a caffeine sponsor, <laughs> yeah. and all of a yeah. sudden I'm sending them energy drinks and getting them hooked on caffeine. I said, no, I'd be the most hypocritical thing in the world. I can't do it. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah if you're going to drink caffeine, just drink coffee. Even I have a coffee every once in a while. I drink coffee, you know, one or two times a week if I'm feeling like extra drowsy or, or I need to pick me up. But the thing about caffeine is you can't make it a habit. You can't, you can't get in this rhythm of I wake up, I drink caffeine. If you feel like you're constantly groggy, you need to adjust some sort of something else in you, whether that be your diet or sleep or combination between the two. I will tell you 99% of the people that get eight hours of sleep and are still feeling bad or groggy Either one, don't have a circadian rhythm, meaning they're not going to bed and like within the hour window every night. Like if you could get eight, if you go to bed at midnight and wake up at 8 p.m., that's eight hours of sleep. And then the next night you stay up till 4 a.m. and wake up at noon, you're going to feel groggy because that's not a that's not a proper circadian yeah. rhythm. Um, and the other thing is your diet. People don't realize how big of an effect your diet has on your everyday life. If you're going out and, you know, if you're eating fast food on a regular basis, you are going to feel like shit on a regular basis. Yeah. And you might not think that until you stop eating fast food and getting good sleep. And then you give it like three days and you let your system flush it out. And you're like, oh, my God, I have three times the amount of energy that I had mm. before. And the only reason I even say that is because I've literally tested it. I've changed my life in the last since January 20th. I have changed almost every single aspect of my life. I don't eat I don't eat fast food any more than once a week. Um, and most of the time, if I do, it's Chipotle for my cheat meal. I work out six days a week for an hour and a half to two hours with very limited cardio. I stay on a 300 to 500 cal caloric deficit at least five days a week. And I get eight hours of sleep a night. And obviously, Dude, I take what? I take multivitamins. <laughs> you know, I use melatonin. I take Bacopa. I take this stuff every once in a while, every day. 1,000 milligrams of Bacopa. Um, I'll send an article to Jay Free if you guys want to check that out, why I take that. Um, but yeah, that's all I've done. Com completely changed and i'll actually i'm waiting i just uh, i just got past my eight week workout cycle last monday not this monday i think last monday so a little over almost two weeks ago um and i'll post an update on twitter of a transformation here and probably i'd say another two or three weeks maybe four weeks and it'll be insane and any the thing is, is anybody can do this and it's one of the things i'll hint at it now we have something coming out with balance that'll be community wide that I really think that'll get a lot of traction because it'll show people, especially in the esports community, how easy it is to improve their in-game capabilities by doing absolutely nothing in-game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, dude. And people will do it for a week and they'll be like, oh my god, this is actually insane. But yeah, I'm super excited for it. I've been I've been dieting and like exercising and stuff and losing weight and like even just not like I don't even know like not I don't I never really used to eat that much fast food but I would just eat just a lot and just junk and like I totally tried well not totally but you know I cut that out and like I just feel like I can play like I can play for longer like better I'm still not the best but like I can actually play for longer and not feel like I'm terrible and it's just crazy and I swear like it's just got to be the diet you imagine how good these like kids living a zero ping would be if they didn't order chick-fil-a every single day they actually yeah. went to the grocery store That'd that's be the crazy. biggest thing is i don't like i'm generally a believer of people people see bodybuilders and like rip guys on the internet and they think they must be in the gym eight hours a day like i i genuinely think that there's a lot of younger kids that believe that and they think that it's so hard that they don't even want to make any effort because they don't think it's attainable mm-hmm. versus when I show here in four weeks that I did it while playing video games and sitting at a desk for eight hours a day, I think that perspective will get shifted a little bit. Yeah. Um, even something as simple as physically leaving your house to get food. Like, easiest lifestyle change for a professional Fortnite player right now is I'm not door dashing anything. If I want to go get fast food, then I'm going to leave my house and go get it. 100%. And if I, if I, if I can't do that, then I won't order it. If you just stop doing that... And that's the other thing is there's so many there's so many compounding problems with the gaming lifestyle and it's one of the things that I'm actually doing research on seasonal affective disorder. Do you guys know what that is? No, no. I, I saw something about that. You were, I don't know. I read something today. I saw that. And I was like, what the, hell is that? the the ageist thing where you only play this good in the winter? Or no. <laughs> 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 no, 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 maybe, but probably not. But yes, yeah, so I'm doing research Bro. with a professor at uh, at Illinois Resident on seasonal affective disorder. Seasonal affective disorder is, I guess, a better, uh, a more common name for it is seasonal depression, meaning that when you, in the winter months, you know how the sun goes down sooner, gets dark earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So your body melatonin levels get screwed up like that. Um, and it kind of screws up everything else in your body. And that's why there's a lot of people that get depressed in January, February, stuff like that because of, you know, seasonal affective disorder, or seasonal depression. And I'm doing research right now to basically prove that that exact same thing is happening in the gaming scene. But it's happening because not only do players typically play inside with artificial lighting, but they're never, they don't go outside. So they're not getting vitamin D from the sun, which will drastically affect melatonin levels. They sit inside a blue light screen with a lot of times no blue light glasses. I have my blue light glasses right here. I don't have monitor anymore. Um, but I always play with blue light glasses. And this blue light that emits from your screen excites the neurons in your brain and screws up your melatonin levels. So it's basically artificially giving you seasonal affective disorder. So instead of the physical season lighting screwing up, your your serotonin and melatonin levels it's happening because of how often you're playing in your how, how often you're playing video games how often you're looking at this blue screen and it doesn't make you tired you know when yeah. you're when blue light's getting emitted to your eyes and your melatonin's not processing right you just stay up all night and that's why you'll yeah. see gamers you see it every single week my sleep schedule is so bad oh, yeah 100 you know? everybody you see how much how, how many people are depressed in the game income astronomically amount like there's so many people that are depressed yeah and they have no idea why you know why am i sad why am i having all these mood fluctuations it's because all the chemicals in your head are screwed up by your lifestyle mm-hmm. yeah i feel so much more happy when i like just leave the house like I, i've just been forcing myself to go for like just like 30 hour minute 30 that like 30 minutes to an hour long walk just every day just outside just like oh yeah just walking outside like i don't even know even it's just simple as that like it just makes just you realize like get out of your room yeah i always tell people i always tell people when you you can literally VOD review outside, like grab your phone and walk around outside and watch your games. And if not that, listen to your comms. 
you can fix so many communication problems literally walking outside in 20 minutes. That's a, that's a Fortnite game right there. Well, an end game's like what, 28 minutes? I think it's 28 minutes for like yeah. a full Fortnite game, right? Yeah, you go back and watch the scrim, you go watch one scrim, you just listen to your comms the whole game. You know, maybe you write notes in your phone, maybe you make mental notes and stuff, and you, you know, you watch one game and you walk around your neighborhood and there, you got your sunlight and you yeah. got your walk in front of that, and you Every, literally just yeah. did the same thing you'd be doing at your house. I mean, everybody's played the game enough to know, like, to picture stuff that they talk about when they're yeah. playing the game. Unless your comms mm -hmm. are that bad. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. comms. Um... I just want to start. I just want to start talking about someone else. Um, we kind of just went off for a while. Um, what we want? I want to talk about balance because we didn't really talk about that enough. I feel like because yeah. that's like a big thing that you, you just started in January, um, and you were just talking before about how like the people you were coaching just and just in general you're talking about doing stuff in real life can affect the in-game capabilities yeah. and stuff. And is that the pretty much like like in summary is that pretty much what balanced is and like what the point of it is and what your goal with it is so the goal with balance is to kind of go full circle full circle i can't talk um obviously we're gonna we just signed a deal with the merch company um to get our merch and and stuff and so you know we want to have that apparel side of things we want to do everything that normally esports teams do mm. um everything ideally i would like to be the tier one of the tier ones um, at some point down the road, the next two, three years. And I think it's obtainable because of where we stand PR-wise. I think that our brand is very attractive to the parents in the sense of at any point, if you need help, whether you need help with your diet, whether you need help with a workout program, whether you need help with your homework, whether you need help writing an essay, applying to college, getting a job, literally any single thing you need help with, we have a resource to help you with. Um, and I think that is something that needs to be very it needs to be implemented more into the esports community like i said earlier i'm a big i'm a big fan of backup plans and i think it's entirely irresponsible and unhealthy for the gaming community in general in its current state yeah to the point where you have you know 14 15 16 year olds in the fortnite com you know tweeting about you know depression and you know i have terrible grades i have a 2.0 gpa I, you know i where do I, how do I study for the SAT? You know, it's very evident that in this day and age, information should be, uh, organizations should be a lot more supportive of their players instead of just focused on making a buck. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've already came out and said is, you know, even if we ever decide, you know, a couple months from now, I think we're going to start doing incentivized contracts for bot for balance soon. Obviously, you guys know that incentivized contracts saying, you know, you play top 20, you get X amount of dollars, yeah. you place this, that, and the other. But if we ever start doing, um, contracted salary contracts for Fortnite will never take a percentage because i just think that's stupid um at the end of the day the only revenue you're making in esports is off a of pure viewership transfer meaning that you know you bring me five million in twitter analytics a month i can slap that on a sponsorship deck a company will pay me five dollars or five thousand dollars to slap their logo on the back of your jersey you go out and get those impressions boom viewership transfer huh. that that's where the money's at in esports um always wondered that and, not gonna lie always wonder yeah, where zero percent contracts and like how that whole thing like came into play and how orgs actually made money that, that actually that, that's the up. biggest thing that fortnite players don't even understand is yeah. fortnite is is net zero net negative income for organizations mm. outside of viewership i would sign i tweet i had a very controversial tweet probably like a week ago you guys probably saw it on your timeline at some point i said i would sign a content creator that averages 100 viewers over somebody that make, gets top 10 grand every time. Now, 
That's very overly exaggerated. Oh, and Hope's people taking that as being overly exaggerated, still getting the point without taking it literally. What I mean by that is the per a person, you know, obviously those numbers line up. If you make top 10 in grands every single FNCS, unless you're a complete idiot, you probably have some sort of a following. Yeah. Um, I but at the end of the day, that. somebody that's averaging, you know, even 500 to 1,000 viewers on Twitch is still worth more than somebody that's making grand finals. And the reason that is, is because at the end of the day, is I'm not getting any money. Like, I'd never take money from a Fortnite player. You went out and you made that money, like, you earned that. I'm paying you, I'm paying you a salary for your viewership, not you going. You play, placing is just the better of the deal. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping you place, because, mm -hmm. you know, then that viewership, you more you get more viewership, which then transfers to me. Um, but yeah, kind of getting off top. But yeah, overall goal for balance um, is a tier one here as soon as, as soon as we get the funding. Um, I'd like to think we will we'll be able to finalize some stuff with some investors in the next quarter of a year um, and get some stuff done on that end. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty much just having every single resource. And I think that my educational background and my business model for balance has got gone very deep and is very we have very good roots and a very good staff. Um, and I definitely think it's possible. And I think it's it's very reflective of the team that we've able we've been able to build today with virtually no funding at this point, um, based off of what we can offer to our players. Yeah. Um, and kind of the long term vision. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see. The the one thing I hate is like, I, mean, I don't see it too often, but I feel like a lot of people they're seeing these like, kind of new um, orgs coming into the Fortnite scene, and they're like made by like sixteen year old kids that. Like that, there was one that was made by the 16 year old kid or like 17 year old kid won like 800 bucks in frosty frenzy and he was like paying these kids a hundred dollars a month and it and then it fell through and they didn't pay their players and it's just like what i feel like up? there's people mixing like thinking that balance is like one of those new orgs and it's just going to be another one of these stupid scam orgs and like it's proved that it's just not going to be like that you guys are doing I'm a great very, job very very upfront um about like the money situation like we pay we pay for all of our graphics and editors and stuff like that um but you know none of our players are contracted and i've even you know one of the biggest things i tell all my players is like i want you guys like my goal if you come on to my organization at this point like i want you to go get a paid contract like that's what i want mm -hmm. so if you guys need help negotiating a contract or somebody look over a contract you know dm me like let's do it and even with blezero a couple months ago he, he's getting a contract uh, we have a we have two players right now that one of them I actually just got message from Zoe before I hopped in here I got to look over a contract um, for another one of our players um, but yeah we're getting players signed left and right which I think is not only very beneficial to our brand but it's something that I want um, but yeah very upfront about the money and I think it's very clear that in this point in time the business model of I'm starting an esports organization with a bunch of money and I'm going to play players, and then everything's just going to work out, is so far outdated. Yeah. Um, that stuff worked out when, like, FaZe back in 2010 was a thing. Mm -hmm. And those guys all did that based off of, like, YouTube viewership and, you know, kind of just spiraled that into something amazing. Yeah. Um, I don't think that could ever be done again. I think any esports any e organization that's going to be successful nowadays has to be different in some way. Um, and I definitely think that not only do we have the business model that is extremely different, but we have the overall values and the direction that is unlike any of these teams. Um, money's always going to run out. Uh, even look at the team. There was a team that launched the exact same day of us that had like twice our following and is already dead. It was a team that Parpy and 
um, Slayer, oh, um joined. like adrenaline something maybe adrenaline adr yeah yeah i uh, don't know where that team went yeah they um, ended i think even i don't even i've heard rumors about akala too like isn't that team ran by like a 13 year old kid oh probably what, what team akala akala oh, or yeah. whatever yeah, yeah most likely. i know joe i know joe is one of the honors i know him but I heard it was funded by like a 13-year-old kid. I could be completely wrong. What? Who knows? Uh, I, I mean, even if that's insane, like that's gotta be. There's like, there's like multiple orgs. So it's like I, I can name like two. I'm not going to, but there's like two orgs that I'm seeing recently that they're just, they're say. just. I'm not saying him. They're <laughs> just. You said I'm they're just signing. I tweeted something about. It. They're just signing yeah, yeah. players that literally are doing nothing numbers-wise. They're not streaming. They're not making content. Maybe the occasional things. YouTube video just because they don't have to pay for an editor now because they're on an org. And it's just like, what are they getting? And it just doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but I really I really love the way Balance is structured and from what I can see. And I mm -hmm. really love the where it's going to go. And I really do think it's going to be going places. Especially because you're very knowledgeable. appreciate that, man. Yep. Um, Slash, you got anything to say? Um, you, had a good, you actually well, had a good question, which pretty much almost I, answered. I mean, yeah, I was going to say it's pretty much answered, but how is, like, balance different than any other org or team in the community right now? Like, talking, like, how do you, like, treat your players? Like, yeah, yeah, treat, like, your, how you treat your players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... <coughs> excuse me. I think we kind of touched on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, what I think makes us the biggest difference is... I see balance when I launched balance short term I was very based and like I wanted to do, I wanted to be a stepping stone like I wanted to take competitive players bring them in like we have a psychologist we have a you know a team physician you know have them do their consultation with a physician you know is there anything physically going wrong with you do you have wrist pain is it you know is it something with you holding your mouse is you is there tension in your keyboard hand whatever okay no off to the psychologist you know is there any you know uh, mental limitations are you having any sort of chronic anxiety? How do you respond to stimuli in games? Stuff like that. You know, we give you your editors, we have graphic designers, whatever you may need. We have all of that. Um, but in terms of make us different, I just, I truly think it's the idea of we are very comfortable being that stepping stone for right now. Mm -hmm. I want to prove to the community that it is very, very possible to be a top player in any game you want while still living a normal, healthy life and socializing with your friends and going to football games on Friday nights, and going and doing high school things that high schoolers do, mm -hmm. um, without specifying that. Um, yeah, so at the end of the day, and, and not only that, but be better. Um, I, we talked about it earlier, just the limitations. People don't realize how they live their life outside of the game directly affects how they play inside of the game. And I think the more we can get that idea into the community and be like, hey, you know, you eat clean, you have better mental clarity. Like, this is proven science here. Here mm -hmm. is a clarified study on this. Um, and then people do it and they're like, wow, that actually works. Just kind of educating our players and having healthier lives all around. You know, our bio on Twitter says, you know, an organization founded on balancing gaming, health, school, and daily life. So balancing literally every aspect of your lives in hopes of you have no more limitations. You know, we'll yeah. find those limitations. If you're if you're at bad time management, you know you're failing all your classes. Well, how can we how can we get better at that? Um, you know, are you constantly doing bad in tournaments because 
you're not sleeping eight hours a night well we can fix that stuff like that so to directly answer your question i just think it's more about our structure and our beliefs as an organization um and i think those carry a lot of weight and it's pretty much our our top priority is our players are you know are getting our players to their personal end game mm -hmm. yeah that's pretty good i'm not gonna lie i think that's a good spot to end we've been yeah. going for a while i know you did say you had someone who uh I don't know if you're having someone over or something before you're talking about it. Uh, do you have anything else uh, yeah. you guys want to ask or Clem, you have anything else, anything else you want to touch on? Or Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote anything. Having me, guys. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, before you go, do you have any, anything, any socials you want to shout out? Uh, you can just follow me on Twitter at IIClem. It's pretty much IIClem on every social. Except for Instagram, which is KL3MM. But yeah, those are all my socials. And make sure you, you guys go follow Balance Esports. Anything I talked about, yeah, follow, follow, uh, follow Balance Esports on all of our socials. If you have any questions about anything, you can either DM me on Twitter, anything I talked about, or shoot me an email. I'll get back to you. Awesome. All right, that, that was, was a great, great. episode. Was... Thank you for coming awesome. on, Clem. I'm Jay yeah, Free. Yeah, thanks for that's having me, slash, guys. That's Hyro. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Peace.